0: We're all about turning a crappy situation into something about positive. A quarter million dollars of credit card debt. I still
1: remember the day when no one turned enough,
0: up. Throw it in the garbage and start from scratch. I could
1: give myself a chance, so I started something. I mean, I think that counts as from poop to gold.
0: <laughs> Hi, guys. Welcome back to From Poop to Gold. I'm Daniel Harmon, Chief Creative Officer at Harmon Brothers, and your host. And today, my guest is Piff the Magic Dragon. Good evening. Welcome, Piff. It's not really evening. It's not really evening. I was just going to say that. You beat me to it. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so I much I could for see it in on. your eyes.
1: Well, yeah. first of all, we've got a couple of elephants in the room to address. Absolutely. One is, I didn't bring the dog much to everyone's disappointment.
0: I was pretty disappointed, but my kids will be incredibly disappointed. Turns
1: out, you actually wanted to talk to the dog, didn't you? And you brought me along just to ensure his arrival. It, it was our inn. Hmm. So <laughs> yes. um, instead, we have this. Available at piffthemagicdragon dot com, <laughs> and uh, the dog's dead. I mean, that's what I'm trying to say. The dog's dead. He's no longer with us. And this one goes for how much? What? Thirty dollars. <laughs> Thirty dollars. No, Mister Piffles is uh, asleep at the moment. He spends about twenty five hours a day sleeping. Okay. He that's is eleven that's years right, old that's now. Like more than a
0: cat. Is he really eleven yeah. years
1: old? He's the OG. He's the only one. Uh, he's the original Piffles that yeah. I got when I was uh, in two thousand and nine original
0: model no 2.0
1: correct oh my gosh and i got him when he was two years old because he was and he's a rescue dog yeah which is cheaper
0: yeah i I heard about that they're literally giving them away
1: where did you rescue him scotland dundee
0: in scotland wow so but you're not from scotland
1: no i'm from las vegas which is where i've got this las vegas twang (laughs) okay We,
0: we we interview um creators entrepreneurs marketers and we're getting their stories Who? of kind of what creators, creators? marketers, yeah, like an advertisers, yeah, on um, uh, entrepreneurs. So which one am I? I would say you're a creator and an entrepreneur and a marketer.
1: Oh, all three.
0: Hmm. <laughs> which one would you say you are?
1: Magic dragon. Oh, there you go. Okay. Dragon that does magic.
0: Well, I I think that kind of comes with the territory, right? The so dragon can do any of those things
1: yes okay (laughs) but really what i want to do is do shows yeah that's like what i want to do and all the rest of it is just stuff that i have to do in order to do the shows very cool so if i had a choice Uh uh-huh i would just walk on stage walk off stage and that would be that so you would just be a just an
0: entertainer performer performer boom
1: and done done and the yeah. rest
0: of it you do out of necessity because yes, that's just correct. That's part there's, of the job.
1: There's a slight overlap, which is like, Like, this is a deck of Pifta Magic Dragon playing cards, for example. Yes. But that's that I get to, you know, I can do magic tricks with these. Yes. So I thought, uh, you know, this is like a half and half. I was like, hey, I've got an idea for magic tricks and I've got an idea for my own deck of cards. So like these cards, it's got like, instead of the picture cards, it's like me, you know, instead of the, or instead of the kings, it's me, instead of the, Jacks, it's the dog. Instead of the queens, it's the princesses. So very like, Brandon. Right. Very cool stuff. So that's like, well, but not, right. But that's the, what I'm saying is I had the idea and wanted to do the idea rather than uh, needing to like, you know, I need to sell a thousand tickets today. Yeah. You understand yeah. the difference? Yes, I do. I'm understand. trying to, yeah, you're, you're. Creator and marketer. There you go. A Different. Yeah. That's very cool. I was a regular magician for many years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I happen to be naturally grumpy. And it doesn't mean I'm not cheerful. It's just if you talk to me, you feel like I'm like, angry about something.
0: It's like my kids. They say that about me all the time. They're like, you always look like you have a scowl on your face, Dad. I'm like, you.
1: So you understand, you. My, you yeah, understand, understand where you're coming from. Resting <laughs> grumpy face. Yeah, yes, exactly. We have, we have the same disease. Yes. Uh, so I found magic when I was a kid. Okay. Decided I didn't want a job. Like a nine to five. Yeah. So I thought I could do card tricks instead, and will avoid having to work for a living. Yeah. So I started doing that. Quite for a living, right? Exactly. So so I started doing that, and then uh, over time I started getting very good at the job, you yeah. know, the performing bit. But I couldn't get the work because I was too grumpy. Yes. So I would like you know, like turn up to a wedding and do card tricks, and people would say things to me and I'd make jokes at their expense and they'd all get upset and be like it's my big day I'm marrying and, and it came across as a little too like, like I was at a table once and, and uh, this woman said oh oh my god you're just like David Blaine and I said yes but surrounded by far less attractive women <laughs> oh now, man. sorry it's just not really a good thing to say uh, no but that stuff used to come out of my face 24 hours a day I and would I- imagine it still does Yes, but a more <laughs> okay. polite version of that. Okay. I mean, this this woman had been a not very nice person to me up uh, until that point at that table. She had it coming, is what you're she saying. She had it coming. Okay. But, um, you know, as much as I would work on that stuff, I realized that that was not going to change. Yeah. So, one day, I went to a costume party. Uh, and I said to my sister, I don't have a costume to wear. And she said, hey, I got a dragon outfit under my bed. And I said... Um, I don't need to know why. <laughs> You're my sister. Uh, and I borrowed the dragon outfit and I went to a costume party. No one else was in costume. It was just me. Looking like this. So now I was appropriately grumpy for once. Uh huh. I actually had appropriate grumpy face. And I was drinking red wine in the corner and my friend came up to me and she said, you should do this in your act. You could be Puff the Magic Dragon. I said, wait. I could be piffed a magic dragon. You might have heard of my older brother, Steve. Came up with that joke there and then. And I was like, that's such a good idea. I should try it. I tried it. And then instantly, because remember, I'd like spent, I don't know, 15, 10, 10 years maybe learning how to be a magician. So I had all the tricks. You haven't been mixing in the comedy yet. No. A well, not Intentionally. I've been saying this stuff that had just been getting me into trouble.
0: Uh, (laughs) But it wasn't coming across
1: to anybody's comedy. Nobody was laughing. I was. Nobody was... They were just getting ticked off. Well, the other thing was, (laughs) if you're doing a table... Yeah. If you're on a comedy club for 100 people, you make half of them laugh. That's 50 people and that's a big laugh. Even like... Even 30 people is okay out of 100. Yeah. If you're at a table of seven and three of them laugh, four people are stonewalling you. Yes. That's bad. Yeah. So even though I was doing starting to do comedy, those it was the wrong environment for comedy, yeah, yeah. so it wasn't working out. So, um, so I, I, you know, I had this idea and I tried it, and immediately overnight, it solved. You know, I had the skills to do the magic, and it solved the presentation. So now, awesome. before I was just a dick, now I'm a dick in a dragon outfit. Hilarious. Yeah. So eventually, I realised I had to leave my human origins behind. And, and fully commit to living as a dragon. Yeah. You're a which reptile. I've, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Reptile. Reptiles lizard. are
0: cold, yeah. mean creatures.
1: Yeah. We're dead <laughs> inside. And so I moved to the desert because it's perfect for a cold-blooded reptile like me. Oh, yeah. They're all over around here. Uh, so I found that um, once I'd like found this thing to like fit my persona, then it all took off. It just, but the only thing was I was missing say, piece. Right. None of it was ever intentional. Because if it was... And we'll be a billionaire sitting on a yacht. Imagine (laughs) if I could just come up with those ideas intentionally. It was all just just a happy accident.
0: Yeah, but you, you had at least, I guess, the creativity... To just experiment, right? I believe desperation. Okay, all right. The desperation to just walk to experiment. Back. Okay, well that's awesome. But, that, but, is but also, that is where the best innovations come from. I think so. I go the place found, of desperation,
1: and I and I and I even maybe try and like uh, manufacture that a bit these days. Is that if I you know if I really don't know what to do, then I'll take away everything so that there needs to be a solution. Yeah. Um, for and then and then you have to find a way to push through. You exactly. know, if you have to do a show tomorrow night, you'll find some way of. Uh, you know getting on stage yeah a stand-up comedian usually the model is to go to an open
0: mic night and experiment with material right how does that process look
1: for you well uh it's different because here's the thing and i do stand like there are times like i have i have about five minutes of stand-up in the show that i change in and change out a lot okay so and i have to develop that so i'm familiar with both processes when you're developing stand-up you come up with an idea right you go on stage pretty early in that process you maybe like try and write out a couple of points but often you want to get get it on stage as quickly as you can depending on what kind of you know who you are as a writer but with comics often they try and get it out there immediately but then uh you can see whether it has any legs and if not change it or abandon it, or whatever. Right. With this magic, is the process I'm talking about. Yeah. With magic, you can't do that. Right. Because if I think, oh, wouldn't it be funny to vanish an elephant? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't go on stage that night with an elephant. You have <laughs> to work out, out a way to make the elephant vanish. Yeah. And when I was... I, before I was a genuine mythical creature, uh, I was did a lot of consultancy for people where I would like help make up magic tricks for them. So yes. I worked with the National Theatre in the UK, the... Uh, a guy called Heston Blumenthal, who's a, a super famous uh, chef in the UK. And they would present these problems to me. And they say, well, you know, we want to do this. And I would fi- have to find a way to do it. And often they would, in all seriousness, look at me and say, well, can't we just like, use, isn't there some magic thing you can do? So, like, we need to make a woman vanish from on stage. And I would be like, well, where are the trap doors? Where are the wings? Where is yes. this? And they would like, well, can't we just like, make her vanish somehow? It's like, No. <laughs> None of magic is real. <laughs> it's just all lies and bullshit yeah. layered upon each other in such a way that you don't uh, see that. Right. And the, the It's great... all misdirection
0: and that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, but, you know, when you see it, it like, people love it. It's like when you take a baby and you throw a baby in the air, the yeah. baby laughs. Right. Because the baby thinks they're going to die and they don't know what to do with that reaction. <laughs> so they end up laughing and then you catch a baby and the baby's like, okay. You know, magic's a bit like that. It's like you have not, like, things I'm, are happening I'm really but, glad
0: to know what's going on in the baby's head now that's what, that's <laughs> okay. what it is that's, that's a fact you okay. learned something today it was worth it mm-hmm.
1: uh-huh. uh, but the th- it's the same thing with magic you do something people have no idea how to react and so you sort of like it's a disruption yes on their everyday experience so that's like the benefit of doing magic but the problem is is that you have to do the impossible every five minutes yeah so There's a big process at the beginning of Magic, which can take anything from a day to a year or even longer. And there are tricks that I have the idea for, but I still don't have the method for. Okay. So once you have that method, then you can take it on stage. And, you know, like often you take it on stage and it just never goes anywhere because the audience don't connect to it. Right. Just like a joke. You might think of a joke, take it on stage, but at least with comedy you find out that night. That's right. Whereas with magic, you normally sink you, thousands of dollars into it. You have to perfect it first. Not even, but not really perfect it. You have to get it so it's presentable. Okay. Okay. You know? Yeah. And, and, Whereas and often, part of
0: getting it to a presentable point with comedy is actually putting it out there in front of people.
1: Actually, right? that's not even that true. Other magicians, they can perfect things and then bring to stage because often they'll do something in silent. You know, They'll do a silent piece to music or whatever. Yeah. But for me, because I like you say do a lot of comedy yeah then i have then i already like get it presentable because then i want to still like have it give it that play to shape it in front of an audience that's awesome like a joke
0: how often are these ideas
1: coming to you for different um, tricks i just had one right now oh there's another one there is (laughs) i've just said seven while we were speaking okay um i don't know like we probably like make like three or four good tricks a year okay you know, like, and that's like a you know five to ten minute piece. Well, wow. like we just did this thing on America's Got Talent, the Champions Edition.
0: But you've got a lot more ideas than that. These these are the number that you actually hone in and make a reality. Like you said, where you're going to yeah. invest and spend the thousands of dollars, yeah. figuring out the method. Yeah, but there aren't that many good ideas. Okay. Where I'm
1: like, oh, that's a really good idea. But you're just ch- so one <laughs> of the things that so you have a narrowing process, right? Uh-huh. This thing I did for the that Champions thing, I did like this thing where the dog eats a ring. Yeah. Um, and you can Google it, uh, and then he um, lays an egg, mm-hmm. and then the ring is in the egg. Yes. So that came like in tiny, small fragments. So if you're talking about ideas, like that came as like, wouldn't it be funny if um, I had a ring, and I was trying to get the dog to lick it, and then I covered it in dog food, and the dog ate the whole thing. So that's like, the seed of the idea. But then it's like, well, what, how does the ring come back? And eventually there's a trick where you have a bag and you show it empty in many ways and then an egg appears in it so then it became well what if the dog laid an egg using that trick yeah it's fun then it was like well that trick looks like a magic trick so it was like well what if we remade that trick with a you know a a doggy poop bag yeah (laughs) Uh, and then finally it was like well how do we make the ring you know come out of the egg so like that and that took two years so wow. it's difficult when you say like you have more idea, you know, sometimes it's about like bringing in um, different ideas from all over the place. Sometimes it's about, um, uh, uh, or you know, well, the idea isn't a fully formed idea. It's like it's just a small moment, but that's not enough to build a trick around it. Right, right. That's cool. That's a, that's a really fun
0: process. Do you mind if I ask you some marketing questions now? No. <laughs> so, you have. Wait, America's so America's got talent. Mm. Um, you had a good run there. Mm. Obviously, you blew up. Social media exploded. You had some 100 million views right now over that.
1: Well, I don't want to tell because of Facebook now.
0: But you've got your YouTube. Many,
1: many views. Yes. We've had more than enough. Right. Well, let me tell you something. I'm trying to listen to your question, but I'm not able to uh, <laughs> feign the interest. So yeah. let me tell you this thing about um, before I went on America's Got Talent because I think it's going to tie nicely into what you're uh, scrabbling around in the dark for. Okay. <laughs> um, there, I moved to Las Vegas in November 2013 okay. to do a show at the Cosmopolitan. Okay, And I was a small part of a much bigger show. Mm-hmm. And um, I signed a 10-year contract that I had to work three of those years. And then um, I could employ another dragon as, like, my older brother Steve or something. Okay. And I, yeah. So if I didn't want to, I could farm, you know, farm out for seven years. So I made a big decision to move my life to America and yeah. specifically Las Vegas after having, like, come over here many times and, and, and like, gone, this is where I want to live now. So, I, so that was a, you know, now I'm here. Day one. I walk into the rehearsals and I realize immediately that this is going to be a disaster because I'm just a small cog in a large machine and the large machine is a sh- shove. So I, uh, day two, start applying for my green card. Okay. Because I want to stay here. That's why I signed a 10 year contract. So then I um, uh, apply for my green card. I, seven months later, or some eight months later, I get my green, I get the note saying, congratulations, you know, you've made it. And the very next day, they close the show. Holy so now I'm in America, nobody knows who I am. Zero people. And I've spent like seven years, maybe six years at that time, building up Piff in the UK. Mm-hmm. And I was like a headliner in the UK, but it's a very different business. So, um, yeah, because you were performing with Mumford & Sons. Right. Yeah. Uh, So I was doing all this sort of stuff, but it wasn't really like, you know, it was going fine, but I sort of felt like I was sort of hitting a ceiling. So I'd come out here and I'm like, this is the plan. Then it all went to sh. Now, I was like, okay, what do I do from here? How do I, you know, become, you know, like even earn a living? So then I spent a year trying to get a show in various casinos, getting very close, never quite getting over it. And, and eventually, I looked at America's Got Talent, and I was like, this is a way to get national exposure. Yeah. Because it used to be back in the day, there was the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Right. So someone like Lance Burton, you know who that is? No, I don't know. He was a big magician in the 80s and 90s in okay. Vegas. He was like the, one of the big headliners on a strip. He used to have a show at the Monte Carlo. Okay. A uh, big, big production show on the same scale as Copperfield and Perlin yeah. So he went on Johnny Carson as a as a nineteen year old or something like that, and that made his career overnight. He got booked for two years in Vegas, and that was the start of his career. That doesn't exist anymore, right? You know that thing of like because that was a day when sixty million people or however many million people used to watch that show, right? Now if you go on something like the Tonight Show, then uh, you might get you might get a million people watching. Maybe you don't you don't make that same impact, right? So I looked around and I saw America's Got Talent. The other thing I saw was that um, in Las Vegas, Terry Feta was there at the time, and now Matt Franco, and they had these posters, you know, Terry Feta, the winner of America's Got Talent. And I thought, wouldn't it be funny to have Piff the Magic Dragon, the loser of America's Got Talent? Turns out it is funny. Hilarious. And it's very sticky. It's very memorable. Yeah, it's memorable. So I thought, what if I go on America's Got Talent, I try and get all the way to the finals... (laughs) And then I try, I try and go down in flames, and lose, and uh, then open a show called Piff the match during the loser America's talent. The other thing is, as a comedian, there's nothing funny about winning. Like you can't ever. If, if you look at like movies or sitcoms, especially, those characters never get what they want because if they get what they want, the story ends. So you mean to tell me? Yes. You never planned on winning. Yes, I actually did the opposite. Much to the uh, <laughs> to the um, astonishment. And often frustration of the producers of America's Got Talent. You never had any intentions of taking it all away. No, in fact, I had the opposite. It was um, the first idea I was going to get to the finals and do a trick where I would vanish from stage, and then they would cut to the back of the theater, and I would tell the producers that I was at the back. Be- I would then appear, but instead, I would just run away and have a cardboard cutout saying "See you in Las Vegas." <laughs> However, the producers of America's Got Talent turned out to be the nicest people that I've ever worked with in television. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, well, I can't do this. This is, this would be a massive This would damage. be low. Yeah. yeah. So I said to them, guys, I don't want to win this show. You know, it's been, you guys have been amazing and what they, they because, and they loved working with my act as well because it wasn't the usual like, oh, mm-hmm. sub story or whatever, you know. So I said guys you've been so great uh but I just don't want to not not my brand to win this show or anything. It's not good for me or it's just not like I'm not the guy to win. So I want to find a way to uh get you know do something funny in the finals. And they said so I talked them through this idea and they said well if you do that um you're going to upset all these people who have voted for you because these people have supported you and they, you know, they, they could have supported anyone else. And you don't want to like throw that in their face. And I realized they were correct. It was a hundred percent true. Um, and I'd done this thing on the quarterfinals where we had a magic with Mr. Piffles, where he was in, he was in a box and we said, here are four boxes. One of them is Mr. Piffles. You bring out Howie. We And we destroyed the, th- th- we destroyed three of the boxes and then we opened up the box and it, um, he was safe and sound spoiler alert he was never in a box because that would be insane <laughs> it's a it's a chihuahua and so you're not going to like put a live animal like you know 20 feet in the air and then start destroying all the other boxes yeah. like so um, but we remade the trick for America's Got Talent and it ended up looking much better than it ever did and in fact it became almost too convincing so it really looked like the dog was in the box yeah Yeah, Um, I did. I've seen it. Yeah. And then the other thing was, was that originally I used... And that was a bit from my show that used to perform as dog or no dog. Mm -hmm. Like deal or no deal. Yeah. Which is why I did it with Howie. But they um, wanted to rebrand it because they'd done a deal or no deal thing a couple of years ago. So they rebranded it as um, this Game of Thrones thing. So then you got like all the fire and all the swords. And then it sort of became darker and it didn't have that same the light tone it needed oh, for like a game show piece. I get you. So that was the first and only time that they ever really interfered with my act, and then they were like, "Okay, well, obviously, we should just let you do whatever you want." Yeah. Um, but I got a lot of uh, what do you call it? Like uh, when people like kick back or oh, just push back, push. Yeah, like people like got you know, all upset with me and started like Yeah. They got angry and like Heidi was angry about the dog being in the box and I was Oh my God, you kidding me (laughs) Guys, it's a magic trick, guys. It's a magic trick. But then I thought, well wait, I could do a I could shoot pivots out of a cannon and um no one's gonna vote for somebody who shoots a dog out of a cannon. So I did that, went down in flames, the next day flew back to Las Vegas and opened a show in the Flamingo two weeks later. And uh billboards everywhere. Now if you if you're driving through Las Vegas, billboards everywhere, Piff the Magic Dragon, the loser of America's Got Talent. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's awesome. So, does that, that's something I intentionally did. And then all of the other stuff, like the Facebook thing, it's like by being on a platform like America's Got Talent and by thinking about like the story I could tell on that platform and, um, you know, the tricks we could do and all of that, that sort of then the, got the following second. Yeah. That's so, amazing. does that help you answer the question? That you were clutching at like a small straw. Yes, it does actually. It, it answers more than one question. What one a nice my, dragon. What one a nice <laughs> alpha dragon.
0: <laughs> one, one my question on um, your marketing prowess, which you've demonstrated very clearly, but also on um, your moment in, in your life where you've taken something from poop to gold, where you've gone yes. from a crappy situation and turned it into something spectacular. And the green card. You talked about the, the whole green card um, story.
1: Well, here's something that happened to me early whole thing on. Let me tell you a story that happened early on. <laughs> so once upon a time, there was a um, show in Blackpool, which is a, it's they say it's like the Las Vegas of England, which is very misleading, because it's uh, quite a shit hole. Anyway, um, there was a show that I wanted to do in Blackpool, okay. and I really wanted to do it, and I like pers- pursued the guy who was booking it, like made a big effort to do it, and it never, it didn't happen. Okay. Uh, he said to me, no, I'm not booking you. And I was super disappointed. Then, a couple of months later, I got a gig uh, in Australia doing like two weeks or something. Yeah. Doing my show for two weeks. And I wouldn't have been able to do that gig in Australia if I had got the Blackpool thing. And I was like, hey, maybe I shouldn't worry about the ups and downs of the daily thing. Because in the big picture, who knows? Yeah, that's right. And there's that Chinese, you know, the Chinese proverb... There's an old man. Okay. Don't know why he's old. Don't know why he's a man. But he's old and he's a man. Lives in China. In this story. So, (laughs) one day, uh, he runs a farm. One day, his horse, I don't know why he's got a horse when he runs a farm, but anyway, uh, this horse runs off into the woods. And uh, his next door neighbor comes up to him and says, oh, that's terrible that your horse just ran off. And he says, well... You know, maybe it's good, maybe it's bad, who knows? The next day, the horse comes back with a bunch of new friends. Like 20 other horses, let's mm-hmm. say. And the villager is like, oh my God, the horse came back with all these new horses. Yeah. Now you're rich. You've got 20, 21 horses. Yeah. The guy's like, well, you know, good or bad, who knows? The next day, this all happened in a week. The next day, uh the son, remember, he had a son, <laughs> is training the new horses. He falls off a horse. Breaks his leg, can't work anymore. The villagers are, oh, it's terrible. Your son just broke his leg or neck or whatever. And uh, the the old man goes, good, good or bad, who knows? The next day, the army comes, says, hey, we're taking all of the uh, all of the sons to the army to fight this war. His son can't go; he's got a broken leg. Yeah. So. I'm not sure what happened the rest of the week (laughs) given how (laughs) it went Friday, Saturday and Sunday (laughs) it was not going to be good
0: it was not going to be good there's a ton of wisdom in that
1: that's what I've learned over there yes there is you don't have to explain there's wisdom
0: (laughs) remember to subscribe, like, comment, share all that good stuff if you have interest in the book parmerbrothersbook.com hit themagicdragon.com and um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. Okay, thanks, guys. We'll see you on the next one.